This podcast is Tech News Today from the desk at Old Mates. This is the Backyard Tech Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tech News Today. Three stories to get through as usual. First one from TechSpot. Let's get straight into it. NASA suspends work on James Webb Telescope. Mission critical projects will carry on as usual. What just happened? NASA recently completed its first assessment of missions, projects and programs since the coronavirus outbreak to identify mission critical work that must be done on site. Tasks that can be worked on by employees remotely and projects that have to be paused. Unfortunately for the James Webb Space Telescope, it falls into the later category. NASA is suspending integration and testing operations on the Hubble Space Telescope's successor to ensure the safety of the agency's workforce. NASA didn't say when the work on the project would resume, but noted that decisions could be adjusted as the situation unfolds over the weekend and into, well, essentially this week. On a brighter note, all work associated with supporting the International Space Station will continue, including commercial resupply activities to keep the space station crew fully supported and safe. Earlier this month, the agency took steps to reduce the risk of exposure for flight controllers working in Mission Control Center at Johnson Space Center in Houston. Work on commercial crew program is also pressing ahead. NASA added, NASA further added that its Mars 2020 mission, which includes the Mars helicopter and Perse Perseverance rover, I'm sorry, remains a high priority. The agency is additionally keeping its supercomputing resources online, according to TechSpot. So that's uh, another blow to the James Webb Telescope, a telescope that's been running so far behind schedule now for so long. Um, I'm starting to wonder whether it'll even get off the ground ever. I mean, literally ever. Um, we know that President Trump wants to in reintroduce Space Force or get it up and running at least anyway. So not sure. I'm not surprised, though, that the ISS is going to continue to be supported. That's basically um, got to stay going. There's no question about that. Um, NASA, I guess, in some respects, you could say, is going to grind to a halt, at least from um, some sort of production point of view. Be interesting to see what the Russians have to say about NASA halting everything as well, because we know that NASA and the Russian Space Agency sort of get on to a point, probably a li little bit more friendlier than, say, the White House, well, maybe not the White House, maybe more the CIA gets on with Russia, at least in the public point of view anyway. But uh, yeah, well, so James Webb Telescope is uh, on hold again a project that's been running way behind time. The next two are from the from the register. Forget it, forget toilet roll. Bandwidth is the new ration. Amazon, YouTube, also downgrade video in Europe to keep net running amid coronavirus crunch. Pair join Netflix to turn down for what? Connectivity stability. Amazon Prime Video and Google's YouTube have joined Netflix in dialing down their video stream quality in, Euro in the European Union, Switzerland and the UK for 30 days to preserve internet stability during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Terry, I think that's Terry, uh, Brent Breton, Internal Market Commission Commissioner for the European Commission, conferred with Netflix CEO Reed Hastings on Thursday, asking that Netflix moderate its data usage by downgrading its video streams from high definition to standard definition. Now, just let me stop there. For those that aren't aware, all right, HD and SD. Now, I know this. It's part of my one of my professions, which is video. If you are on NTSC, SD will be 480p. If you're on PAL, SD will be 576, aka 720 by 576 on the PAL. Most of the American stuff we watch, like YouTube and other streaming services, except here in Australia, where I believe Stan runs at the PAL video standard of 576, you will be at 480p. All right, that is pretty much NTSC SD, give or take. Netflix agreed to do so. Uh, Netflix agreed to so do. A move expected to cut the amount of data required for Netflix video streams by about 25%. The concern is that if too many homebound people view HD videos, internet traffic could exceed network capacity and hinder business connectivity and critical communications during a time of urgent need. On Friday, Brenton praised Google CEO Sundar Pichai, Pichai and YouTube CEO Susan, we, I can never pronounce her name, We Chikiki, I think that's how you, or it's Wodge Chikichi, I can, I can, I'm sorry, I can never pronounce her name, following a meeting at which they agreed to participate in the data saving plan. Quote, millions of Europeans are adapting to social distancing measures thanks to digital platforms, helping them to telework, e-learn and entertain themselves, close quote, said Brenton in a, Breton in a statement. Quote, I warmly welcome the initiative that Google has taken to preserve the smooth functioning of the internet during the COVID-19 crisis by having YouTube switch all EU traffic to standard definition by default, close quote. Google said YouTube plays a role in helping people find authoritative news, learn and communicate during uncertain times. The company hasn't seen its services overtaxed by unexpected demand. Quote, while we have seen only a few usage peaks, we have measures in place to automatically adjust our system to use less network capacity, close quote, a Google spokesperson said in a statement emailed to the register. Quote, Following the meeting between Google CEO Sundar Pichai, YouTube CEO Susan Wachiki, and Commissioner Brent Breton, we are making a commitment to temporarily default all traffic in the EU to standard definition. Close quote. Google's transparency report contains a chart of data by product and since the start of the year, Google's usage patterns show a slight decline. Amazon also said it's cooperating to ensure network availability. Quote, we support the need for careful management of telecom services to ensure that we can handle the increased internet demand with so many people now at home full time due to COVID-19, close quote. An Amazon spokesperson said in an email to the register, quote, 
Prime Video is working with local authorities and internet service providers where needed to help mitigate any network congestion, including in Europe, where they've already begun an effort to reduce streaming bit rates while maintaining a quality streaming experience for our customers, close quote. To get rid of that corporate media public relations, the long story short, people, is get used to SD. Now, we're all, we all want to watch stuff in high def online or 2K, 4K, in some cases, 8K if possible. But this isn't going to happen. You're going to have to get used to it. Now, people my age, maybe a bit younger than me, hell of a lot older, we know SD. Okay. We had SD essentially with CRT. Okay. They converted PAL and, and, and NTSC from the old CRT definition into what's called standard definition digital at either 480 or 576. Those who will complain will be those who don't, who, who for some unknown reason can't handle standard def. They can't watch stuff in standard def. I can. I'm old enough to remember, you know, CRT TV up until 2000 here in Australia when we first got digital TV. So get used to SD, whether it's 576 or 480p, especially at YouTube standard, you, you got stiff, basically. Reports suggest other video service providers like the BBC and Disney Plus will make similar data conversion steps shortly. Users of both YouTube and Amazon Prime Video can select video quality in the interfaces for respective services. For YouTube, the setting options is on the video pane itself, not the account setting menu. Amazon Prime provides a way to do so through its Android and iOS apps, setting streamings and downloading streaming quality. Um, there's nothing you can do, guys. You, you're basically going to have to get used to it, all right? Um, as our government said here last night, th this is not a short thing. This is... I'm banking... A, a number of loss of freedoms in the country, but I'm also banking on a, a major problem with the global internet, at least at the hardware level. I mean, if you've now got a majority of the world locked up, isolated, okay, people are going to need something, and the internet does not have the bandwidth for the entire world to watch everything HD and up, okay? Okay. Forget about the audio side of things, all right? From 480p right up, you get, or almost from 360p, you get stereo audio that is listenable, okay? So essentially from 360p up, your audio will be of a reasonable quality. Yes, it's better at HD, 2K, 4K, 8K. But right now, we can't do HD. There is not the throughput. There is not the technology for 90% of the world to run everything HD and up. There's just not the bandwidth on the internet. And I'm not talking about the internet we can see. I'm talking about the internet everywhere. There is not the physical bandwidth. And some countries, Australia's in this, our network, our internet network is does not have the capacity for every home in the country 
25-odd million people, right, to stream everything HD and up. Because what you've got to remember is if everyone's home streaming HD, that puts a massive strain on telco, emergency services, central business, central government networking structures for hospitals and doctors and Australia's Medicare system. A slowdown in that can have a catastrophic ongoing effect. There's not much you can do about it. This one also from the register. Surge in home networking highlights Microsoft, Microsoft, I'm sorry, licensing issue. If you are not on subscription, working remotely is a premium feature. Customers on premise with perpetual licenses don't have a good story for remote working. Let me get the mouse out of the road there. Working from home and want to access your PC at work, the best solution may cost thousands in additional Microsoft licensing costs. In the scramble to migrate employees to home networking, there are issues for businesses who normally have staff in an office working on a desktop PCs or accessing network file shares and intranet applications or running applications that connect to an on-premises database. This poses some difficult and potentially risky and expensive questions for organisations that are not already set up to have all or most of their staff working remotely. Businesses continue to top. Businesses uh, continuity is top of mind. But as security expert Bruce Schneier has observed, quote, Worrying about network security seems almost quaint in the face of this massive health risk from COVID-19. But attacks on infrastructure have effects far greater than the infrastructure itself. One area of concern is the risk from users on home PCs accessing corporate assets. Quote, these systems are more likely to be out of date, unpatched and unprotected. They are more vulnerable to attack simply because they are less secure, close quote, noted Chenier. And that is before taking into account the variety of websites visited and software installed by family members, including children. This is what my mate and I were talking about yesterday. Companies that don't have the ability for people to take home infrastructure are running a great big risk of home PCs. Now, in my case here at home, I'm locked up. I have the latest antivirus and patches and everything from Microsoft. I'm also fully protected by Komodo um, CIS Premium, which I regularly update at 2 a.m. Australian time. Um, I scan my computer at uh, 5 a.m. every morning. I've set that up. So if I was employed and forced to work from home, be it by TeamViewer or be it via VPN, I'm as safe as houses because I know what not to install and what to install. The other problem you've got with home users is, especially with their private email or personal email, I should say, they could open a phishing email. And if they've got two windows open and a, and a connection to work, struth. 
Staff working at home could use a VPN to connect to the corporate network. VPNs have many advantages, but by putting the remote machine in effect on the internal business network, it also poses risks. For example, if malware on the remote machine is able to damage business assets. Members of both the backyard tech community and the AOT community and myself have said the same damn thing over and over and over again. You can't just rely on, if, if you're a one computer household, okay, which we were, although essentially by the time I was 13, my parents had, would ask me to if they could use the computer. But if you're a one PC household, and, and look, the article's exactly right. And this is what my mate and I were talking about yesterday afternoon. If you don't have a company that can send home either the, say, a laptop dedicated just for VPN and you're accessing your home from your home PC and you don't have all the same security levels at home that you would, say, for a server network, such as, you know, Server 26, Server 2012, 2016, 2019, all the updates, Microsoft, your your various network antivirus protocols, firewalls, etc. Let's face it, a modem firewall is nowhere near as strong as putting in either, say, a a custom built firewall, be it a be it a um, whatever you want to pick, or um, you know, an appliance. You got to be super careful. There are many YouTube channels, including mine and others, that keep saying the same thing. And it's like, I've look, I've said it here before myself. You have to update your personal computer all the damn time. <coughs> Microsoft has some solutions for remote access without VPN, including a feature on Windows Server called RDG. Remote Desktop Gateway, RDS Gateway. Users can connect to the gateway over SSL, no VPN required, and use remote desktop client to access their PC. Or on a desktop session on Windows Server or desktop application running on the server. The snag here is that using RDP gateway, RDP, RD gateway, I'm sorry, requires a remote desktop services client access license. Cal. Now, if you've worked in businesses and that, you know, Cal, as Microsoft makes it clear in this document, an RDS Cal is required to use any functionality, including the remote desktop services role in Windows Server. For example, if you are using RDS Gateway and or RDWA, remote desktop web access, to provide access to a Windows client operating system on an individual PC, both an RDS Cal and a Windows Server Cal are required, close quote. An RDS cal can cost over a hundred quid, a hundred pounds per user. We found a single cal on sale for Microsoft for a hundred and eighty-six pounds and fifty-three p. Though you can do better from other resellers with bulk licensing deals. In addition, some vendors have curious. Um, some vendors have curious rules about remote access to their applications that incur additional fees. Rich Gibbons, a licensing trainer at IT Asset Management, noted that Citrix and or remote desktop services are, quote, the easiest way to quickly become non-compliant with a lot of vendors, 
close quote. Clash of the cloud culture. The problem here is a fundamental one, which is that companies including Microsoft are in a hybrid world, part, part based on cloud concepts where everything is on the internet and easily accessible from all kinds of devices, and part based on traditional business networks with servers, locally installed software and desktop PCs. The licensing model for these two type of environments is different, with the traditional environment generally being more complex. Customers whose license applications like Windows and Office are per user subscription are much better placed than those with perpetual per devices licenses. Wes Miller is a research analyst and licensing specialist at Directions on Microsoft, based in Kirkland near Seattle. He told us that Microsoft is trying to move to a cloud model, but quote, a lot of customers are stagnating. They don't want to pay for the subscription. It's on-premises versus cloud. It's per device versus per user, and it's perpetual licensing versus subscription licensing. You have to put all three of them together. What we've got is a lot of customers, especially regulated and institutional customers who either for regulatory or cost reasons, don't want to get into the cloud and subscriptions. They want to sit on premises with perpetual products and they don't have a good story of how to help their employees go remote today. Crisis measures. Security is one thing, but in the midst of the global pandemic, does anyone care about licensing? Quote, you're not going to get audited right now, close quote, Gibbons told the reg. But in six months or whenever this is over, you'll need to know what you've done, close quote. Miller concurs, quote, I think we're going to see a grace period here when, these, when those audits start back up. I think businesses may well be able to ask for some sort of grace period or leeway. But the reality is, if you, if you put something in place to meet the these new work scenarios, you need to expect to pay whenever, whatever Microsoft's current licensing model is for that. If you need Windows and Office and are on Microsoft 365 account, not just Office 365, it's worth noting that Windows Virtual Desktop running Windows 10 can be used without an additional licensing or RDS Cal. You still need an RDS Cal for accessing Windows Server desktops and apps if needed, optimizing licensing costs is a specialist task, but can be can make big differences to costs. So this is getting ugly. All right, um, I'll keep going because we're nearly finished the article. Um, Miller says a virtual desktop environment is a good answer. Quote, solutions like Windows Virtual Desktop or using the server-based variant of Amazon Workspaces have had have been license proven and the technology is proven at least in the case of amazon workspaces wvd being newer the biggest thing is approach it in context with either what you own or what you will be willing to buy which is weird to think about given the current time we're in for customers not on subscriptions microsoft's habit of treating remote access as a premium feature looks out of date and in the current circumstances, particularly unwelcome. These programs do not exist if you are using born in the cloud solutions like Google's G Suite and, the large, and largely disappear if you're on a Microsoft 365 subscription. Remote access is now the new norm, which means Microsoft should give up its addiction to things like RDS CALs. 
Customers too will have to adapt with subscription licensing now hard to avoid. So it is gonna get ugly and Microsoft are gonna have to do something sooner rather than later. Um, I know this is difficult, a difficult thing to comprehend, but Microsoft and flexibility is sort of a bit of an oxymoron. You'd hope, you would hope Microsoft would show some leniency in the current business environment. Like you, I know that means Microsoft getting common sense, but you, you'd, you'd have to think You'd have to think they would show some leniency in this. I know a lot of people have lost all common sense, but surely to God, Microsoft, I know it's wishful thinking, but I guess we can wait and see what happens. There we are, tech news today. Stick around, more coming up. Don't forget also, podcasts over at the Backyard Tech Podcast coming up later today as well. Have a good one. Cheers. Backyard Tech.